0: That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
1: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
1: Hello and welcome to the Randomly Generated History Club, where three non-historians pick a year at random and try to learn things about it. I'm Will and I'm here with my two friends Ant and Anna.
2: Hi. Welcome to 2023!
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to say hello according to the script. Oh yeah, sorry.
2: Hello! Thank you.
1: (laughs) This week we're talking about the year 916. A real Mm -hmm. banger. Yeah, so much. I'm always a bit confused as to how you're actually supposed to say years with only three numbers in them. Is it 916 acceptable? Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. As what, opposed what, what, to
2: 916?
1: Yeah, I guess. 916? Yeah. I guess there's no other way to 1, say it.
2: 1000 <laughs> minus 84. Okay, fine. Withdrawn.
1: <laughs> and um, as is our custom, I would like each of us to give a three-word preview of what we are discussing today. Please, Ant.
0: Oh, God. I actually haven't studied for this test, but I'm going to say um, flan the man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, great. Uh, I hope you talk about somebody named, like, Godfrey.
1: Oh, uh, no, he's fan. <laughs> ah, okay. Fair enough. And Anna?
2: My three words are, harlots in charge.
1: Wow. <laughs> so much to explore there. <laughs> yep. And mine are, Norse raiding antics. Oh, good, 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 he's good. He's
2: back on his... War. Yep.
1: That old chestnut. You mean history? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I I like to think of history as a
2: Yes. Good, great.
1: This week I'm going to talk about Earl Otter, also known as Count Otter, which is coincidentally also the name of a pet I had who was lost at sea when I was seven. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry for your loss.
2: Oh no, Earl Otter!
1: I don't know why you're making a joke out. Of. No, it was exactly, actually quite. No, that was a
2: historical reenactment. Oh, I see. That oh, was yeah, a dramatic yeah, yeah. retelling.
1: I'll never let you go, Otter. Yeah, is
2: that what happened in the? Why wouldn't you just let him crawl up on the the, the door with, with you? you. Yeah, while yeah. you're floating in the frigid <laughs> waters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was more that he was swimming away as fast as he could <laughs> in another direction. <laughs> <Freedom>. <laughs> Uh, uh, earl Ottir was a Jarl, which is just a Norse word for an earl. And he um, occupied a prominent position in the Norse of Britain and Ireland in the early 10th century. And he is believed to be the founder of a settlement which later became present-day Irish city of Waterford. Ooh. Ooh. Is that
2: where the crystal comes from? It is from? exactly
1: where the crystal wow. comes
2: from.
1: And
0: a blah. Excuse me? It is a UNESCO heritage term for a flowery bap. Much like champagne can only be made in Champagne region, the blah can only be made in Waterford. The blah! B-L-A, maybe a H at the end.
2: Boy, howdy, do they need some marketing advice It's just a flowery bap. Okay, love a flowery bap.
1: Was that placeholder name for... (laughs) (laughs) No, no. It found its way into the final draw? You can have a savoury blah, a jammy blah, a sweet blah...
2: Oh, sweet blah. The
1: priests give you their last blah <laughs> <laughs> before you die. Well, we are talking about pre-Blah Island. <laughs> and in this period, from about 916 for the following couple of years, Otir was a close associate of the powerful Overking, Ragnall Ua-Imer.
2: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and do <laughs> you like that one?
2: I did like that one. We've had Overkings and Jarls before, but never have they be- existed in the same episode. So this is very yeah. exciting. And this is the-, the
0: Overking Of 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 the Norse, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: okay. And the Norse at this point were raiding all around, like the north of Scotland, northeast of England, a little bit, and the eastern of Ireland, so down the Irish Sea. So they were uh, taking and uh, pillaging, pillaging. And being in charge generally of lands around there. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is a jarl and overking working together. Mm. And so, a lot of what we know about Ottir was recorded as a result of his closeness to Ragnall. Although they, we don't think they're related or anything. We think they're just just good friends, just buds, just just close just friends. Two
2: men who share a tent and mm-hmm. their secrets.
1: <laughs> and the chronicles <laughs> add no further detail. No unfortunately and in ireland otter is associated with raiding and generally being a bloody hassle in the province <laughs> of munster yep uh, and sources describe him raiding along the coast there with ragnall and associates uh, and um.
2: <laughs> Ragnall and Associates handled my last uh, divorce and they did <laughs> yeah. not do a good job. Oh, yeah, they really yeah. let you down, didn't they? Yeah, no, it was, yeah. You lost
0: all your raided trains. I lost
2: I everything mean. I'd ever pillaged. <laughs> uh. That's
1: so sad. I'm sorry.
2: Because,
1: <laughs> of course, your ex-husband now owns half of Waterford, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, he does, Yarl, yeah, yeah. Yarl, he, the blah Yarl fortunes blah. are his. Yeah, oh my
2: God. The blah king of Waterford. That could have been mine.
1: Uh, and a, a particular... Favorite target for them was the Viking settlement of Cork. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yes. So that was something they wanted to. They like enjoyed focusing on, and they used to base themselves in what is present day Waterford Harbour for all their naughty raiding antics. And in the year in question, in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. Describes their raid up the River Severn in Britain. Here in this year, a great raiding ship army, <laughs> and this, yes, that's right, ship army okay, is the, the is the word being oh, used wet, there by wet wet the
2: critic. Yeah, <laughs> a ship a army. Wet war.
1: Yeah, yeah. The great raiding ship army came over here from the south from Brittany. Dubious probably not where it came from. Brittany yeah. they probably didn't come from no. Brittany. Uh, and with them were two jarls, Otter and Hrald. Not, I'm not really sure who Herald, Herald is. Yeah, it's first time important. he's appeared.
2: Yeah, first and last time.
1: <laughs> and went around west until they got into the mouth of the Severn and raided in Wales everywhere by the sea where it suited them and and took Camillac, Bishop of Arkenfield, and God. led him and led him with them to their ships. And then King King Edward ransomed him back for forty pounds, oh, <laughs> forty prince,
0: quid a for a bishop.
1: up yeah, pr- some yeah. up to all sorts of yeah, naughtiness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very naughty. It's great. <laughs> a princely son or a bishoply son uh, another chronicle scribe who is writing in what's known as the worcester manuscript uh, states that otter and harald captured the bishop uh, in 915 and that then the Yars were killed mm. that Ooh. same year and actually it's a bit uh it's the subject of con- some contestation as to exactly when he ended up dying but their deaths occurred a- either apparently in the battle of kildane field
2: appropriately named yeah. well no sorry they weren't danes they were Right, but it, uh, it, but the, Kil, the
1: battle of Kildane Field, it turns out, was named after the fact that some oh. uh, they were uh, it was the place of the death of a bunch of Danish raiders. There you Kildane, go. Okay. In uh, which is in uh, Western Underpenyard uh, in Herefordshire, and Otter alternatively according to another history died in battle against Constantine II of Scotland Ooh. in 918 and he either joined forces with Ragnall or alternatively he might have led a separate expedition so there's lots basically no one really has a clue Yeah, you know. What uh, you mean.
2: that was a thing I found in my research <laughs> as no well it's just, it's just literally like maybe this happened but maybe this happened but maybe it was this <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little bit of a choose your own adventure it really is year. choose your own history for sure
1: uh, and in the annals of Ulster there is a final choose your own adventure for him and in this version it gives a quite a detailed account and describes Ragnall as quote king of the dark foreigners Ooh. Hmm. and the two yars Otter and another, there's another guy here Gragabai oh <laughs>
2: god <laughs> they just keep getting better <sighs> oh my god
1: and the two yars Otter and Gragabai forsook Ireland and proceeded afterwards against the men of Scotland the men of Scotland moreover moved against them and they met on the bank of the Tyne in North Saxon land Mm. Which of course now isn't really in Scotland, but is you know further yeah. south than that, yeah. and that's where, alas, poor Count Otter fell, according to like the third version of right. the thing we've got. If it weren't,
2: if it wasn't there, then it was at the other I place, the was two at or the something other place like that. The Could still year. be alive
1: to this day. Could yeah. still. <laughs> We just don't, we don't know. know. We don't anyway, know where he's at, buried. At some point in 918, it turns out he probably died. Okay. And so there you have it. Which is
2: great, because the year we're talking about today is 916.
1: Uh-huh. And anyway, that's Otir, uh, <laughs> an interesting naughty Norse uh. way raiding man.
2: <laughs> that Good. is excellent. I uh, I want to apologize for being so callous about the loss of your Otir yeah, as a I youth.
0: Rip. rip. We will
2: remember him. We will remember Earl
1: Otter. I still had had Countess
2: Otter. (laughs) Of course you did.
0: This episode, I'm doing something quite tangentially related to that, because I'm going to be talking about a guy called Flan Sien, who was the king of Meda and the high king of Ireland. Um, and he died in 1916. And it's kind of a tale of two men. There's Flan the king and his buddy Neil, which we'll come on in a bit. But first of all, there's a whole lot of names, a lot of like misunderstanding back and forth and stuff. When we say king, there's lo- loads of local tribes and areas and you know basically kind of two powerhouses the O'Ne- O'Neill's. But F- Flanian who or Flan of the Shannon was the son of the previous high king of Ireland and he inherited the throne was king of meda, which was like a very powerful place from 877 onwards and then he was appointed high king of ireland as, willing, as well as king of tara so he kind of united these, these these belts as it were
2: what's tara sorry so
0: tara is a uh, uh ancient hill in ireland that was a epicenter for coronation of crowned kings of tara normally it was okay. nobles would come along there and there's lots of historical digs nice. and stuff there and loads of yeah. burial mounds it was like if you were the king of tara you're inevitably really a very powerful person
2: Oh, sidebar. Mm. Uh, Scarlett O'Hara mm-hmm. in uh, Gone with the Wind, her family plantation estate is called Tara. Okay. And if her name is Scarlett O'Hara, you imagine maybe could there is an there Irish... connection.
0: Huh. Yeah. And, 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 Flag
2: for follow-up. Yeah, the,
0: the, the, <laughs> the highest-ranked king was normally the King of Tara. And there was also the High King of Ireland, which was a separate title mm. that was normally divided year after year. Or, sorry, king after king. It was changed hands from the north and the south, O'Neill's. But he uh, united those two. And the Hill of Tara is a very significant part of Irish history. You know, lots of like steeped lore, etc. there. And a seat of power.
2: Steeped lore, steep hill.
0: Steep hill, super <laughs> The steeper the hill, the steeper the lord is what they, say. what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. That, that's the rule. Uh, but but, but is <laughs> a very interesting character, and he he's he was a highly successful king. Not just through conquest or diplomacy, but also through propaganda. And so hmm. why he nice. was so powerful like known about is because he installed all these high crosses throughout Ireland that inscribed on them and proclaimed him as king of Ireland him and his heirs and descendants and stuff so hmm. he, he he erected everywhere all these sort of milestones
2: uh, hmm. saying like king, himself, king yeah. was here Yeah. what
1: are the rules on that doing that now or What do you know what hmm? company he used <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, a check of
0: trade probably you could do that yeah know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Builders, really. any freemasons out there um or stonemasons, not Freemasons, probably well, Freemasons too. They yeah, they're probably they essentially could be both could be helpful. Yeah, with yeah. Both. yeah. Uh, he also had a chief poet, which <gasps> was very handy. Love that and for him. He would write poems and spread them about, and sort of spread that. Propaganda of him like slaying demons and blah blah, blah all the sure, kind of sure. good stuff. And uh, I have an extract from one yes. of his poems. Yes,
2: yes. It's actually been so long since mm. we've had poetry on the podcast. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't say this is very coherent poetry well. though, because it's translated from the original Irish or Gaelic into English and it's called Flan Over Ireland.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. I am imagining a Flan over Ireland and it's good.
0: Flan over Ireland in the fortunate house of Tool. Chactmar, to whom the patrimony of a noble warrior with mighty valour is no excess. May his kingship be healthy, may it be everlasting, a course as far as the fringes. No king that will be more wonderful will seize Hilltop or Brega. Let us bend our knees, let us raise our hands, performance without diminution, so that the Mm. family line I vaunt may be everlasting, Flan over Ireland.' Wow! Um, real catchy. That
2: was yeah.
0: They didn't have like The Sopranos or anything to watch, so no. they just everyone <laughs> yeah. was just reading this. I you can't know?
2: really see that being worked into like a football chant. But no, definitely um...
0: not. Uh, all was not rosy, though. As with all things in Irish history, things were quite complex. Quite uh, back and forth, fighty. No one, you know, took anyone's claims of power at all seriously if it didn't suit them. He also liked to sort of do some raids, and his favorite thing when he came to power, first of all, was take hostages. Uh, he also liked to burn the nobles of his enemies alive in the Oops. buildings that he captured. Oops. So you know, he was like, he was not like, he wasn't all poetry and you know, stonemasonry. Yeah. He was you know a bit fighty as well. He went on as well to quash and the the Brefeina, uh, and then him and his son Donca. Or Donica, perhaps, ravaged the lands <laughs> southern of southern Connacht, including the pillaging and sacking of many churches. Were a little bit taboo. How can you erect crosses in one hand yeah. and sack churches in there? Um, he wasn't a fortunate man, though. In some regards, two of his sons died during his lifetime. Flan
2: the Man, Flan
0: the ma- flan the Sandman, Flan
2: the Sandman, and
0: two of the sons that did remain rebelled against him, but were forced back into obedience by his BFF, Neil. And though this is where another character comes in, uh, Neil Blackney Glundoube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you sure? This I'm absolutely sure. Glund. Glundoob. Of the clan Glundoube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His uh, his grandfather was King of the Scots. He was the right. son of the former Irish King Aid. And he was just a confidant and, uh, 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 of, uh, of the king. And so he was able to sort of bring the sons back in, in, in line. He also helped secure a truce between Flan and the king of Breda, which is a very powerful faction. Um, and he was so close, in fact, that he was actually named heir to the throne after he died. So one of mm, the two wow. sons he was going to get.
1: Another so very good friend.
0: Another very a good friend. A very, very good friend, very close friend, I
2: would say. What a, what a globulin. Yeah, yeah. So, That's <laughs> no, not
0: globulin. It's glundoob. <laughs> okay, well, Glendoob. Uh So Flan did die shortly afterwards in the year in question, which is uh, uh, nine A9, sixteen, 16 definitely nine sixteen. <laughs> um, and when he did die, subsequently the joint title of King of Tara and the High King uh, and King Meda split. So the King of Tara went to Neil. He became the new King of this sort king of King like of the Hill, King of the Hill, sacrosant. Yeah, and then his son. Uh, took on uh took on those plants on yeah Duncan. interesting um and and that that's sort of where the history books run out you might think except there is more in the lovely I- ancient <laughs> okay. Irish poem called the prophecy of Burkhan which um is really long translated very badly and you can look (laughs) at some excerpts on google docs if you really want to and tell me how wrong i am but uh good luck because i completely ran out of steam after trying (laughs) to memorize all the names and shenanigans of this stuff
2: yeah can we get that name one more time
0: the 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 poem yeah the prophecy of burkhan b-e-r-c-h-a father accent n
2: okay
1: there you go i think there'll be people googling that furiously all over the world yeah as they we listen should, to we this we should look Please at google,
2: google trends is going to have a major spike on the prophecy of burhan
0: Bur- burhan Bur- burhan, Bur- burhan.
2: I like, okay i don't <laughs> <laughs> i you're, don't
0: speak you're murdering a beautiful language
2: <laughs> i'm so sorry you're I'm cast so sorry. out from
0: the glondoobs <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god the greatest shame is not being welcomed by the glondoobs <laughs> um excellent thank you
1: Well, thank you. Also, thank you. (laughs) Also, thank you. Wow. It's just
2: a a time of Thanksgiving here. I'm thankful for
0: harlots.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want everyone to know that I mean harlots in a very positive Mm. sense. This is tale that i'm about to tell is about women being in charge and then the men who were pissed off about that and slandered them later in history
0: Onlyharlots.com.
2: only well
0: (laughs) google at your own actually maybe don't maybe we should cut that out i'm gonna quickly google that in case that's a thing
2: so i am in the papal states today uh which are in absolute disarray and this Basically the 10th century is considered by many Vatican historians to be just the absolute low point of Vatican history which is really saying something. That's saying
0: a lot considering <laughs> yeah. the recent history of the Vatican City. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess most of the people saying that it was the low point were not alive to see later low points. <laughs> um but I so I want I do want to caveat up front that a lot of this history is disputed, uh, and I'm going to get into the rationale behind that a bit, but in general, misogyny.
0: <laughs> um,
2: so, as usual, take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, so, I'd like to start today by talking about Sergius III, who became Pope in 904, and who I saw referred to as, quote, that cursed Sergius, a man, the slave of all vices, and the most wicked of all men...
0: He sounds kind of fun. Yeah.
2: Well, oh, let yeah. me tell you, he he got up to some good times. Oh, the shenanigans. For instance, he reportedly ordered the murder of his two predecessors uh-huh. in the papacy and possibly fathered an, Ill- an illegitimate son who later became pope. <laughs> More on that in a bit. But all in all, I think we can all agree, one of the greats, yeah. pope-wise. <laughs> um, now, you may wonder why such a bad man was made pope. Or you may have read some history before and not Corruption. be at all surprised. <laughs> the answer is a family of corrupt aristocrats in Italy called the Theophylacti. Mm. Sorry, called Ar-
1: the felon- Aris- aristocrats ah. yeah. called the Philo.
2: Aristocrats called the Theophylacti. Proto ah. Medici. Which, which does sound like a dinosaur now yeah, that I say actually. it out loud um, and probably mispronounce it. <laughs> but this family, they were the real power behind the throne for about a century. And in that time, they essentially handpicked all of the popes. And the popes, of course, wielded immense power throughout Europe, meaning that this family was the real mm. power in Europe. Uh, the head of the family is a man named Theophylact, um, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds somehow like a cream. Has, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really does. And, and Ask
0: your doctor about Theophylact. <laughs>
2: Side effects may include papacy. <laughs> but I want to focus more on Theophyllac's wife, Theodora, and their daughter, Marosia. Now, Theodora had the title of senatrix, as in Ooh. the feminine senator. Cool. Huh. Even though, of course, the Roman Empire, as like Roman yeah. Senate, is long gone at this point. But she called herself senatrix. And Serenissima Vest. Nope. Let me try that one again. Serenissima Vestatorix of mm, Rome.
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
2: I don't know. The, <laughs> the, 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 the serenest Vestator.
0: I mean, I will remind you that this is your segment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I probably should have looked that one up before I put it in. But regardless, I would like you to call me that here on out. Uh, there's not a lot written about Theodora, But what does exist paints her as this kind of Lady Macbeth. So she's overshadowing her husband. She's manipulating the power wielded by her family. Some people think that's cool. We love to see powerful women behind the throne. And some people did not think that. Mm. Specifically, the historian Liutprand called her, quote, a shameless whore who exercised power on the Roman citizenry like a man,
1: which Uh, is, of course...
2: The highest possible offense <laughs> yeah. uh, at this time in history, or in most other times in history.
0: That's pretty straightforward damning. Yeah, there's no mincing S- words there.
2: No, he's he's really we're we're throwing the the W word around mm. a lot. Woman, um, w- woman. <laughs> uh, I I'm just getting it get it out of the way and say that Theodora did die in 916. Okay, so good, 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 good. Tick good. the box. Ticked. I think all three of us chose a death this yeah. year, which. Yep says a lot about 916, but the story around Theodora and her family is too interesting to just be confined to that year. So some historians believe that Theodora suggested the two popes who followed Sergius and she made her husband make it happen. And then in 914, she made her husband support her lover as pope and he became Pope John the 10th. John X, possibly the lover of Theodora. This is disputed. It's possible that John was not her lover, but was instead just some guy that was related to her and her husband. Basically, history agrees that there's some connection, but they can't decide how scandalous it is. But that's not as interesting. So let's assume that he was yeah. her lover. The most common allegation against Theodora is that she promoted a relationship between her daughter, Marozia, and... And Pope Sergius III, yeah. remember him of the extreme wickedness. At the time that that relationship would have started, Morosia would have been about 15 or 16, and Sergius was... In his forties, nice. <laughs> so we hate that. Uh, yeah, that's
0: a lot. But these are also kind of the things that you would write about. Yeah, you know, a woman that you were trying to disparage, of as well, right? So no, you're like, definitely. Oh, did you hear that she's sleeping with the Pope? You know, like, so, so, <laughs> how much faith can we put in this?
2: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get into that because it is, it is actually there is a reason why this later historian was so biased against okay. them. But and and in fact, nobody is sure exactly when Sergius was born Mm. um so the age gap may have been slightly less revolting but it was still pretty bad yeah um so marozio was his concubine for years and allegedly had a child with him Uh, and this is just a sidebar to say that there is an excellent wikipedia page called list of sexually active popes (laughs) (laughs) which i think is Is this a true fact Actually, yes. Oh, list of sexually active popes God. is a Wikipedia page, and also is a great band. We should name. just
1: do a whole separate podcast <laughs> on that.
2: <laughs> I know we really should. Spoiler alert: there are a lot of them. Are there really? Yeah. Um. So Google on your in your own time. But uh, continuing in the vein of her parents, Marozia <laughs> was the de facto ruler of Rome. She wanted to promote her own son as pope. Now her she definitely had a son. Whether or not he was the love child of her and Pope Sergius is up for debate. Mm -hmm. She was also married, so he could have just been her son from marriage. But let's assume that he was the love child of the Pope. So here's where it gets really scandalous. In 928, Marozia has Pope John X murdered. John X, who had allegedly been her mother's lover. And she installed her own son in his place he became the very creatively named Pope John the Eleventh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
2: she murdered her mother's alleged lover pope and replaced him with her own son, who was himself the love child of a oh different pope.
0: God, this is very, <laughs> very trash TV. I know,
2: it's just, it's like scandal. <laughs> it's so good. I mean,
0: I want to believe.
2: I want to believe, and I do believe, uh, everything that I've just said. <laughs> <laughs> So with all this going on, you can possibly understand why later historians called this period the Seculum Obscurum, or the Dark Century. Hmm. But I would love it if you guys could guess the more uh, creative and, let's say, salacious name that later historians gave it. The name that historians oh, gave wait. it was...
0: The Seed of the Holy Seed?
2: Oh, no, that's Something good, like that. though. That's really yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. They didn't go on a holy sea pun. No, they just called it the Pornocracy. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> they really <laughs> they really did they really call it the pornocracy uh because the greek word porny means prostitute oh, so of oh, course hey. that's where we get pornography is and that's that really of, yeah yeah exactly wow. I, that is one i did bother to look up just to see <laughs> uh so they call it the pornocracy or the rule of the harlots Uh, And in the words of a later historian, these women in their fornications and in their marriages surpassed the common wickedness of mankind. I mean, that's... I mean, they're just ladies. They're just ladies doing lady things. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Ladies doing lady
2: things. (laughs) But um, as I've said, there is a big asterisk over all of this because, I mean because of misogyny, but also because the chief chronicler of all of this was this guy, Liutprand, who I mer- uh, mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. He was writing 50 years after it all happened. So immediately, you know, he's not super contemporary, but he was incredibly biased against the Theophylacti, this corrupt aristocratic family and their allies, because he was a huge supporter of of the Holy Roman Emperor who was fighting the papacy at the Mm. time. So the Theophylacti are choosing all the popes. This historian supports the guy who is opposed to those popes. So, of course, he's going to be super biased there are gender politics at play merely by alleging that Theodora was an adulteress and by calling her a harlot and saying she was using her feminine wiles to control her husband. They're all just ways to cast aspersions yeah, on the theophylacti.
1: <laughs> well, it's her fault for being a woman. <laughs> in history. With in history. <laughs> any agency yeah, whatsoever.
2: I know. <laughs> I know. Had she just been nice and like not let her name be recorded yeah. in history? Yeah, yeah, you know?
1: yeah, yeah. She put men in a very difficult position. <laughs> Where they then had to write her name down, yes. which is very upsetting which is for men. So
2: upsetting for men, and so 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 upsetting. And then not only that, she had the audacity to do some things that caused yes. more Other historians things. to write about her. Yes, oh, oh it's just awful. I'm on How dare she, Theodora?
0: <laughs> here, I'm. I'm going to have a scarlet tea on my.
2: <laughs> no, I'm. I'm obviously incredibly pro Theodora and Morosia, and um, I really do like to think that there must be some truth. to to it all, because there was just an incredible amount of turnover in the Vatican in the 10th century, um, and you know the Church has gone through periods of, let's say, less than angelic activity. Um, what
0: name? One thing. <laughs>
2: one thing. <laughs> I again refer you to lists of sexually active popes.
1: <laughs> Your ex-husband was the pope, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Ragnall and Associates. He was, yeah. Ragnall
2: and Associates did handle that divorce, uh, which was great. Yeah, ironically, my lawyer there was named Theodora.
0: Well, I do miss JP. He was a good crack though, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he was a good one. He had J- a good smiley JP face. JP the sec.
0: Well, as your husband JP as well. Two. Yeah, he was great in the grill remember every time we used to come around your place you'd have a he loved a barbecue he loved a barbecue he loved a barbecue Uh,
2: get the slip and slide out
0: you know no matter the weather no matter
2: the weather he was outside he was grilling he was uh, he had a kiss the cook
1: yeah yeah.
2: and a kiss the pope (laughs) depending on how feisty he was feeling
1: his ability to keep his hat on when he went down the slip and slide was phenomenal wasn't it? it's
2: unbelievable well let's just say he had a head like nobody else's that was made for a mitre wait that's what a bishop wears that's That's what a Pope wears. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hats.
2: (laughs) Okay. Anyway, let's go ahead and cut this uh, train of thought off. (laughs) That (laughs) is just a little story about the family Theophylacti and the powerful women who were actively involved with the papacy through some way or another.
1: Well... I found that genuinely really really yeah. interesting.
2: It's cool, right? And there are so many famous Theodoras in history, including, in fact, the one that was married to Justinian, yeah, which, who we've talked about, yeah. um, and <laughs> incorrectly inc- talked about, incorrectly yes, talked yeah. about in the wrong century, millennium. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they uh, not all of them are as scandalous as this one. But I really enjoyed the idea of these this mother daughter pair just kind of.
0: That no
1: Pope could resist. Yeah,
2: running running the show so cool. in in nine sixteen and thereabouts.
1: Yeah, well there you have it. That's the second half of the decade nine tens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks for joining us. That's everything you'd ever need to know about the year 916. Um, and also, this is a new year. Uh, new Year's resolutions are a thing. If you're feeling guilty for not sending us a Christmas present.
2: Which you should.
0: You really should. You was, should a, have. It was a,
2: You should feel guilty. You should have sent us a present.
0: My tree was barren. Um,
1: But a great gift would be to. Oh, check on, sorry, just a barren barren (laughs) tree. Yeah, well, I was
0: expecting. Other people won't decorate your tree for you. (laughs) I was hoping for Christmas decorations for my. You're just waiting there staring at this barren tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: willing it into action.
0: A great gift would be to leave us a five star rating. If you could, that'd be great on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever. And also write a little review because that really, really helps uh, other people to find the podcast, mm-hmm. and so they can listen and have fun and shenanigans. And who knows, maybe um, you know you'll find the person of your dreams. I don't. I <laughs> mean,
2: yeah, I don't I, think that the uh, <laughs> podcast review scene is as no, much no, of a single. answer. but to be clear,
1: if people were to yeah. join our Patreon, mm. Patreon dot slash Randomly History, they could come to one of our quizzes. They could. And that is... They yeah, have proven true. very sociable yeah. in the past.
2: Well, as we've talked about several times in this episode, I am divorced thanks <laughs> to the <laughs>
1: efforts of Ragnall
2: and Associates.
1: That <laughs> is famously divorced. So, if especially if... I don't know, maybe, maybe if you're a Pope and listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do actually have one listener in Vatican City. Fact.
2: Oh, that's very cool. That Let's is we, cool. I think we can just assume that Must it the is pope. the pope um that's excellent so pope francis if you haven't given us a rating just give us five stars come on <laughs> yeah um and in the meantime we will upend our uphold our end of the bargain by which i mean choose another year so will can you please boot it up
1: absolutely and as a reminder we've chosen to select well i say we've chosen no there's no choice yeah, yeah. yeah
2: we have inherited The parameters,
1: indeed, Mm -hmm. in accordance with the customs of the club. Yes, Mm -hmm. using the latest technology available, Mm -hmm. we are confined to the years of 1000 BCE to 2000 CE, Mm -hmm. and the next year is 1347. 1347. Hmm. It's a bit plaguey, isn't it? Quite
2: plaguey. Bit plaguey. That's solidly in my wheelhouse in terms of what was going on in North Africa.
0: Well, we all know the Black Plague was manufactured to sell more vaccine.
2: (laughs) I've read that, yes. Yeah, in some of the darker corners of the internet.
1: Well, look forward to next week when you'll hear about (laughs) some probably fairly high-quality history about North Africa and Ant's thoughts on conspiracies about the plague.
2: Twas ever thus. Right, see you next week.
1: Bye. Bye.